Hey mama, motherhood is hard, isn't it? That's why I'm so glad you're here to join the conversation. Welcome to the Mom Life Mindset Podcast. I'm Erin Trier, and here we're going to be talking about every aspect of wellness from the inside out. The goal is to keep mindset, mental health, and protecting our peace at the center of everything we do in our day-to-day lives. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to today's episode of the Mom Life Mindset Podcast. As always, I am so glad you're here to join the conversation where we talk about mindset, mental health, protecting our peace, and really cultivating habits in our day-to-day that helps us feel our best from the inside out as moms and as women. I wanted to talk a little bit more today about parenting, specifically parenting neurodiversity, and some of the things that we've been learning firsthand in our family and why Dave and I have learned even more on very deep levels why health and self-care truly are the lifeblood to how we can show up as parents. Truly. You know, I shared this a little bit more on my, my social this week, but if you don't follow me over there, I talked a little bit about what are the heightened stressors when you are a parent of someone or a kid with neurodiversity, or if you have neurodiversity in your own brain right? In your own makeup, right? So what is neurodiversity? Technically, it's a difference in how your brain works, right? It's a difference in how your brain takes in information, emotional regulation, you know, connecting with others and so much more, right? There is a difference between neurotypical brains and neurodiverse brains and neurodiverse brains are unique. Now, every single person on the planet is unique and we were all uniquely made, right? Everybody thinks differently. Everybody sees the world differently. Everyone has a different passion and a different thing that lights their soul on fire and a different level of interests and different ways of connecting. And that's such a beautiful piece to the human experience and such a you know wonderful way of getting perspective throughout our life, right? By really talking to and hearing from people who see the world differently than we do. And that's true very much so for people that have neurodiverse brains. Our son is one of those people. And while we don't have an official diagnosis, so to speak, for our son, we do know that he is neurodivergent in the fact that there's just different ways that he absorbs information and learns and, you know, moves forward as far as skill building, like connecting with other people, emotional regulation, and things along those lines. So these are the four buckets of things that Dave and I actually kind of talked about recently and identified as some of the things that feel more intense when you're parenting a neurodiverse child. Now, I want to preface this by saying all parenting is a challenge, extremely hard work, right? Every single parent on the planet does incredibly hard, challenging work every single day. I want to make sure that I'm very clear on saying that because parenting is the hardest job we will ever love right? You know, being responsible for the upbringing and well-being of another human is incredibly challenging and rewarding at the same time. What we have learned in our household is when you have this level of additional needs like neurodiversity, it intensifies some of the emotion, some of the skill building, and some of the dynamic. That's just the reality. It intensifies. 
And that's one of the things I have learned along my parenting and my motherhood journey. And the more I have conversations with other families and other women that have neurodiversity or added needs in their household, that this is just the reality. Building the skills, implementing the tools, moving through the seasons and the stages is intense. There's this heightened stress with neurodiversity as part of the game. Now, I want to say again that I have the utmost respect for literally all parents and families who are doing this hard work every single day. So I am speaking from a very specific experience, my personal motherhood and family experience. Here are the four buckets that Dave and I have talked about recently that have felt more intense in our family. Connecting with other people and building relationships. Rigidity, right? Really having to be very specific and strategic about schedules and how things go. Meltdowns. And really making sure that we are constantly talking about and understanding the ruminating that happens. So again, connecting, rigidity, meltdowns, and ruminating. Those are the four things that we have felt have been very intense in our household along our parenting journey. And so All kids in some way, shape, or form, as they're developing, as they're growing, as they're building skills, as they're getting older, will go through these stages and these seasons where they are coming across these kinds of things and they're building these skills and they're finding tools and resources to help them grow through them, understand them, and learn how it like fits into life and fits into the world and fits into connecting with other people. For us in our household, these four buckets have been extremely slow moving and very intense to figure out and manage, right? So for example, we talk a lot about flexibility in our family. We have to, because the rigidity and the mindsets around rigidity and having things need, having to have things be a certain way is not real life as we all know. And so learning how to manage that is, you know, a challenge in our house. And figuring out tools and resources and ways to communicate through that has been a challenge because we have to constantly be talking about how life is not perfect. Life is not black and white. Life is not you make this decision and you always get to this place. Life is not according to plan. Life is not exactly what the schedule says. Life is not necessarily what the menu on the, on the wall dictates if mom doesn't get to the grocery store in time rigidity is something we have constantly had to work through at a very, very slow pace in our house. And we talk constantly about flexibility and how life in general is never going to be completely perfect in black and white, that there has to always be some fluidity, some flexibility, and some understanding that you have to be able to roll with the punches a little bit. And so we have worked a lot on skill building in our house around how do you manage the unpredictable? How do you talk through the unknown? 
And what we've learned is the best way to do that is to really describe and talk about the feelings that come into your body, come into your brain when things go off course, when things aren't to plan, when the schedule gets thrown thrown away, right? We talk about feelings all the time. We talk about you know, what's happening in our bodies all the time. We talk about what's real and what's something we make up in our heads, right? We talk about those thought processes. And we also use all kinds of skills and tools like breathing techniques, counting techniques, drawing techniques. We also talk a lot about repair work where when things get out of control emotionally and we aren't able to take ourselves out of it in the moment, once everybody gets to a place of feeling a little bit more calm in their space, then we come back together, do the repair work and talk again about the feelings, about how we felt in our body and about what happened, why, and how we can repair, apologize, talk about how we saw the situation and how we move forward, right? Ruminating is another big thing. We get caught in a lot of very specific loops, right? The same stories over and over and over, the same music over and over and over, the same Lego build, the same, you know, explanation of how you make something, right? How you put a sandwich together, how you like drive to somewhere to pick up food. Like there's this ruminating loop that never ends. And so another thing that we've had to really work through in our house is helping our kids and especially our son see and understand that the world is viewed and understood very differently from every single person's perspective and every single person's eyes and brain, right? So we constantly are talking about how everybody sees the world world differently. Some people like certain things and some people don't like certain things. And that doesn't make it wrong. That makes it different. And that's something that we have to accept and acknowledge and come together on, right? This idea of understanding that differences don't make us enemies in some way. It's literally just the differences in how people view the world. And so ruminating loops have felt super intense in our house because again, we get caught on this one track mind and we are repetitive to the point of making you kind of want to pull your hair out. And so as a parent, Dave and I have really had to become very self-aware of what are our emotions? What are our triggers? What do we need to continue to unpack and learn more about when it comes to parenting, when it comes to regulating ourselves, and when it comes to really relating to our kids and how they think and how they absorb the world? The last big thing is connecting. You know, connecting and social skills and really, again, seeing things that other people are being open to seeing things beyond the way we see them, right? Understanding that other people like different games and other people like different, you know, sports and other people may like the music you like and may like the activities you like, and they may not. Um, and so one of the things that's been a huge challenge for us is helping our kids understand that process and encouraging them to still find a way to connect with other people based on common interests. But it's challenging. It's challenging again, because there's rigidity around 
the ruminating loops that we get stuck on topic wise. And that makes it really hard to sometimes find a way to connect with other people when they're not in the same rigid ruminating loop. And so these have been really eye-opening buckets for Dave and I. Again, ruminating, meltdowns, rigidity, and connecting. They have been eye-opening for us to see how we have just been kind of stuck in these cycles for longer with our kid that has neurodiversity versus our kid that is neurotypical. You know, I've learned a lot about myself as a mom too, as far as how may I be neurodiverse? Like how is my brain potentially very unique? What else do I need to be learning about myself, right? And that's one of the most interesting things about motherhood. Like nothing holds a mirror up to your face quite like your kids and quite like building a family and quite like parenting. All of a sudden you start to see a lot of yourself and what your kids are doing or what your kids are saying or what they're choosing to do in the world, right? Some of it is great. Some of it's a little bit of a wake-up call. And I just want to be a voice for anyone out there who's listening to this to, again, normalize what it can feel like to parent. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, parenting is hard all around. It's the craziest, hardest, most challenging job of all time. It is a big deal and absolutely mentally and emotionally exhausting to be responsible for the well-being and the upbringing of another human. That is a tremendous gift, but is it a it is a gift that comes with tremendous adversity and challenges. In our family and in our household, learning what it means to have a neurodiverse brain has added a level of stress and new dynamics to our parenting journey. And I just want you to know if that is your household too, above all, you're never alone. And whatever feelings you're having as you continue to learn the specific needs of your family are valid, always. Any feeling that you have is valid. It's so important to talk through it, name it, unpack it, and figure out why it's there. And I promise you, as you do more of that in your own life, and you do more of that in your parenting life and in your relationship with your partner, the more you can start to do that with your kids. And that's like the biggest takeaway I want to share in this entire episode. When we talk about these heightened stressors that we've dealt with in our parenting journey and how that's affected our family dynamic, single-handedly, the most powerful thing we have learned to do is talk about the feelings, right? Talk about what our bodies are doing. Talk about why it's there, what is happening, and how are we moving beyond it, right? How are we moving beyond it? How are we showing empathy? How are we relating? How are we like letting our guard down? I constantly in my parenting journey have to check my ego, right? I constantly have to remind myself that I'm not going to have all the answers. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be times where I definitely mess it up. And that's okay. That's a part of how it goes. 
That's a part of how it goes. So if I can offer you any level of encouragement today in this podcast episode, particularly if you are a parent of a neurodiverse kid, it's two things. Give yourself incredible grace. Make sure that you are plugging into support, community groups, therapy, support from school, you know, families with common interests or kids and friends with common interests. Support is huge. And then the other piece of that is being real through it, right? Letting the messy be the mess, right? Letting it just be what it is and learning to talk through it. Reminding everyone that we're all learning. We are all learning. Parents very much included. And it just can break down the heightened stress and the mental and emotional exhaustion really fast when you're just honest about the hard and you talk about the feelings as a family. It seems really simple, but I think sometimes we all start to bury feelings and things we might be experiencing faster than we even realize. And then all of a sudden it starts to build inside our bodies. And all of a sudden it starts to, you know, turn into this mountain. And then eventually, as we all know, it explodes somewhere. And that's something that we have to learn a lot in our house because feelings and emotions and opinions and perspectives all of that is very different for all of our kids. And it takes us some time some days to get some to some common ground. And it takes us some added time and added patience and added understanding to get to that common ground with a neurodiverse brain too. I just want you to know above all that the work you do is incredibly challenging but it's also incredibly rewarding and you are doing an amazing job, right? You are doing an amazing job. You're doing amazing work and you are the best parent for your kids. I know learning their needs isn't easy. I know if you have a neurodiverse kids, learning that level of needs is also not easy. I know that getting stuck in the buckets I talked about is incredibly frustrating. When you can't get out of the meltdowns and the ruminating and the connecting issues and finding a way to just put the pieces together on moving beyond the rigidity, I get it. It's exhausting on a whole new level. But be reminded that you've been called to this work. And you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So if you need a break, take it. If you need to go outside and take a walk, get after it. If you need to book yourself a small vacation, give yourself permission to do that. It's so important to make sure that you're taking care of you as you're taking care of your kids. And as I also said at the beginning of this podcast, Dave and I have learned, learned tenfold the importance of our own health and wellness as we've learned on deeper levels how much mental and emotional energy it takes to care for our family and how much extra mental and emotional energy it takes 
to care for a neurodiverse child. The reality is it is different and it is more intense. And it just puts into perspective not only how important it is to make sure that we're doing everything we can to learn what our kids need, but more importantly than that, doing everything that we can to learn what we need so we have the energy to sustain us as we keep putting one foot in front of the other on this parenting journey. So as always, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I hope this offered some level of encouragement to you today. If you could do me a favor and share it with your network, leave a review, let me know what you thought, let me know what else I can share to add value to your life. I am so incredibly grateful for the opportunity to share here on the podcast, to talk about parenting, motherhood, mindset, mental health, taking care of ourselves, and why our habits matter, because they do. They truly, truly do. And I can't thank you enough for just joining in on this conversation and for being here and for failing forward together. Because at the end of the day, doing this thing together and parenting together and mothering together, it's a gift because none of us can do it alone. Don't forget your peace of mind matters. I'll see you in the next one.